Welcome to Modern Day Economics, where we make real estate simple. We talk about everything real estate related on your real estate investing journey. Go ahead and check us out at moderndayeconomics.com or to learn a little bit more about us and what we are about here on this podcast. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about how to actually buy a rental property. Well, outside of the financing piece that we've talked about before and other considerations, there is a process that varies by state on how to purchase a property. Typically, of course, you need to perform a very thorough analysis of your market, understand what market you're trying to invest in. But once you understand that, you're very set on where you want to invest, you know what type of property you want to invest in, there comes a process where it might make sense to get a pre-approval from your lender. Let's consider that you're going to buy a residential uh, property, right? Let's say four unit building or less. Maybe it's just even a single family home. You would likely want to get a pre-approval letter from your lender, right? Depending on the situation, you might be able to include this with any offers that you choose to make. Once you view a property, because of course it's always recommended that you actually see a property before buying it. A property is something that's very easy to get into and very hard to get out of, right? If there is a problem with it and you buy it, you're stuck. You're stuck with that problem. You got to fix it or you got to disclose that there is that problem to the next buyer, right? And then that buy, it's going to be up to that other buyer that already knows about that issue to take it on or to have you pay for it. So understand that in the buying process, the seller needs to disclose any issue that there is with the property, right? That they are aware of. And that is why it is very important that you actually go see a property before buying it. Because there might be issues that the seller might either not be aware of or who knows. Um, but if you then become aware of them, well, then that's your issue now, not the seller's issue if the seller already sold. So go see the property, right? Next step would be making an offer on the property. Of course, this is assuming that you ran all your calculations and the property cash flows. You have a provision for the cash flow itself, which is the difference between the rents and the loan payment. You also have a provision for property management, um, depending on what market you're in, that can be different percentages of your rent, right? Typically somewhere around 10%, um, depends really on what market you're in. You also have a provision in there for maintenance and repairs, which will happen. You have a provision in there for vacancy, which will happen eventually. People can get married and buy a house. People can do all kinds of stuff and move into somewhere bigger, somewhere smaller, um, somewhere closer to their parents. Who knows, right? Uh, and also for capital expenditures, right? You are responsible for the larger items like roof replacements, um, driveway, etc. that will come up eventually, right? It's typically every very many years, uh, but it's somewhat predictable. If you know how old these systems are, like the HVAC system, for example, when more or less you'll need to replace it. 
So set money aside for those things because they will come up, right? So assuming that you run all your calculations and you're ready to make an offer that cash flows, you would make that offer, right? Um, and then, well, it's up to the seller to answer if they accept it or not, right? You could make a bunch of lowball offers in a seller's market like it seems like we're still in right now, although it's getting better. It might be a lot harder to get offers accepted, but if you have a good enough realtor that understands that you're a real estate investor, you're going to be making a lot of lowball offers. They should be willing to help you out with this, right? And at the end of the day, the worst thing someone can say is no, right? Who cares if they say no? All right, who cares? If someone says no to your offer, you are in the same position you were five minutes before you asked. Because you didn't have the property then and you don't have the property now. So who cares? There's absolutely no difference. Say enough, if you ask enough times, you might get a yes. And it only takes one yes. It only takes one person with a property that makes sense to get a cash flow and deal. That's it. It only takes one, right? So who cares how many no's you get, right? Maybe you should consider collecting no's and writing them down. And the more you get, the better, right? So that would be the next step. Then, of course, um, you would potentially want to, and you would want to include the inspection contingency. Uh, there's far too many people, especially during COVID, they decide to waive their inspection contingencies and then ran into all kinds of issues um, that were unseen, right? All kinds of people doing all sorts of aesthetic work on flips and everything that's behind um, that aesthetic work is um, bad structural problems that are much more expensive. Anything structural will typically be more expensive. So focus on things that are expensive repairs and either request a reduction in the price um, of some sort or some, some sort of arrangement that helps you pay for those needed repairs because those will fall on you and those are now disclosed, right? So if you buy this property and that came out in the inspection, you are now responsible for disclosing that if that issue is there, right? You, you have to disclose that if you sell it. So make sure you do that inspection. Then you can negotiate how long the closing will be, for example, right? Um, maybe you have a seller that wants to um, wait until they move into their new home or whatnot. That can be an area where you help them out and you delay the closing a little bit. Those are some of the many things that can be negotiated, right? And then, of course, you would have the day that you close, and you finally get your keys, right? So very high foot, high um, 10,000 foot overview of what this kind of looks like, right? Uh, we, of course, recommend that you network with as many real estate investors as you can. You talk to as many people as you can because it all varies state by state. No matter, uh, depending on where you are, it's going to be a little bit different. If you want to learn more about networking, go check out our free ebook. It's available at moderndayeconomics.com. We also have a book for sale on Amazon. It's much more detailed, but if you're just starting out, maybe you can just start by getting the free one. So go check it out, moderndayeconomics.com. Thank you for listening.